Hey everybody, welcome back. Trident Wargaming. I am joined today with one of our battle bros. We've got Dustin on. How you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me on again. Oh, you are very welcome. Uh, it, it's nice to have Dustin on because he's kind of a, uh, a SME on what we're going to be talking about, a subject matter expert. Uh, so uh, no pressure, I wouldn't Dustin. Say no, expert, no pressure. But... Well, pretty good either way. Pretty damn good. He downplays. He's a wizard. Uh, but what we're talking about today is this is a uh, mastercast modeling new school versus old school what we want to be talking about is 3d printing versus actual um, green stuff sculpting uh, but before we get into that as always we want to talk a little bit about some hobby goodness uh, I guess I can go first uh, the last couple of weeks I've been working pretty diligently on my uh, Badab War uh, Marines, uh, trying to get those executioners rolling still. Um, I've got pretty much everything almost completely uh, sprayed up with the base colors uh, where I'll put my contrast over top. That'll give me all the metallic, cool gunmetal gray blue uh, that you can see on the socials. And then it's really just painting, just trying to get everything painted up uh, for our Palace of Thorns RTT. Uh, that's going to be actually kind of wrapping up our uh, Badab uh, campaign league that we have going on locally, uh, which has been a lot of fun. So uh, that's pretty much been it for me. It's just toiling away here in the war room and just getting things done. Uh, Dustin, yourself, what have you been doing? What's on the hobby uh, workbench for you? I'm kind of in the same boat. I am desperately trying to finish my Astral Claws for the Badab War campaign. Uh, I've, it's been a, uh, quite a fight to find the inspiration to jump into it and just get it done. Um, so I'm really hoping, well, I have to be done by the RTT, but I've kind of, right now I've kind of, I'm trying out a new basing technique or not, not necessarily a new basing technique, a new skill set for me anyways, using acrylic water texture on my bases and I've fallen into a trap where um, you have to put multiple layers of it down for it to kind of get that solid water level. So they take like 12 hours to dry. So it's like put a little, put a little layer on, let it dry, let them sit forever. But then it gives me time to kind of work on other things. But no, it's been all hands on deck trying to get uh, these astral claws going. Very nice. Uh, some of the pictures, if you are following along on the socials, you can see our uh, Baron of Dice big shout out uh, post. Uh, those are his astral claws in the pictures, and they they turned out pretty uh, pretty beautiful. Uh, the gold, silver, everything complements nice. The blues came out well, so uh, can't wait to see the whole force done. And I, I think that's kind of a it, it's got to be the era and everything. Like as more of the players are getting their forces done, it's just it's all starting to come together and really feel like we're we're legit fighting in the uh, Badab War. And it's just uh, right now from when I last checked, uh, we aren't rewriting history as of yet. No, we're, we're not doing very well. Yeah, so it, it, it is following historically, I guess. But that's just, we're just setting up the, just letting them fall into a false sense of security. That's right. And then when the time is right, we'll just set the big trap for them. Exactly, and then we'll we'll swing it back on the RTT, and hopefully uh, dominate and uh, you know 
change change history for our uh, our benefit. So should be great. Should be great. Uh, but yeah, so kicking back to main meat and potatoes of the episode. So this is going to be kind of a back and forth, a little bit of a talk. So if you're like myself, if you're anywhere between, it's a wide range, but uh, anywhere from like 35 to, I'd say, and up uh, as a hobbyist and a GW, mainly a GW player, uh, I've been playing and learning uh, Games Workshop games, uh, the hobby aspect, everything like that uh, for a while now. I started back in second edition. And during this time, you really didn't learn new skill sets the way we do now or the way we have the uh, access to do now. It was very much, uh, here's a you know a little blurb in a White Dwarf magazine on uh, different techniques, different skills that you can use. Or if you were fortunate enough, like uh, some of us as well, we were coming up, uh, Lee, a uh, really big uh, inspiration and... It, one of the mainstay um, gamers in like our early uh, hobby careers. Uh, he was always, you know, kind of showing us different things we could do and explaining uh, different techniques, dry brushing washes, uh, even pinning. Uh, this is the stuff, you know, as a 10, 11, 12 year old kid, you don't know, really don't know about. And anything in addition, you started to learn in these White Dwarf magazines. Uh, sometimes they were a little bit tough to follow i guess for uh for anyone who remembers those days it was like oh here's a painting guide here's six yeah, boxes the, and like the first well yeah yeah the tutorial first picture is just a picture of the model based like in chaos black of course and this is all pre-airbrush this is all hand painting or like rattle can stuff but uh picture six is like a heavy metal box art and it's like, yeah. bing, 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 bing. And you're like... Step, step four and five is where it gets like, what happened there? Yeah. Step four, I was like, I'm almost there. And then step five was next level. And you're like, hmm, I feel like there's uh, yeah. probably 30 steps in between those two boxes. But okay. Yeah. Uh, always always a little discouraging because you're like, mine's not coming out like this picture. Hmm, weird. <laughs> yep, uh, yep. <laughs> and even like, like when you're younger too, you're just like shit now i have to well now what do i do yeah you're just like mm, okay so you know you keep forging on but uh one thing i really noticed was uh, a lot of the modeling stuff there was some always you know pictures guys doing green stuff work uh making tentacles arms uh the converting thing kind of really came to life in these books i remember also looking into this second edition chaos space marine codex and there being little chaos stars beside models to act as an asterisk and it was like oh this model actually can't be bought like it was made and i'm like well, how the fuck did you make that right like it's just yeah it was wild to see um so if you're from that era you had to learn how to you know mix green stuff how to slowly but surely start to learn how to sculpt this stuff um hardening different uh, amounts of either the blue or the green or the, I should say the blue or the yellow would give you either uh, more workability. It would harden quicker or cure quicker, I guess is a better term. It was just, there was a lot of stuff that uh, was kind of learn fly by the seat of your pants. Um, but I guess what I want to ask you, Dustin, and to even our listeners is, do you think with the rise 
of technology and 3D printing, do you feel that the new hobbyists coming in are losing a sense of that touch or that skill set from sculpting, like early days, uh, sculpting, pinning, and kind of working on that converting aspects and that skill set? Do, do you think we've lost anything to the technology? Um, no, I don't think so. I think... I think at the end of the day, when you look at it, I think it's like two different skill sets because it's varies widely between what you're doing. Because uh, if you're working with green stuff, you're uh, obviously using sculpting tools and whatnot and having to uh, like cure and dry. Whereas with printing, uh, if you're like digital kit bashing or using like even creating your own 3D models, you're just uh, using the tools on a computer, so it doesn't it doesn't translate very well from like one, like if you're good at sculpting green stuff, you're um, it's not going to translate where you're instantly a, a blender master or a three D modeler in that sense. But I feel like it gives us uh, it actually helps the community because we get uh, we have way more access to tools and way more access to uh, I guess uh, ways to project our ideas a lot easier that i can definitely see um just with the rise of obviously facebook and having these groups that are dedicated to the 3d printing craft um that part is always cool not to mention the sites right we got cults 3d yeah. and all these other different sites that put up files just stls that people can go here you go check it out and like even, sorry go uh, ahead Oh, I was, I was saying, even back then, we didn't have social media. You yeah. basically had your local community, and that was it. Yeah. So if somebody was a sculpting master, you probably could learn a lot. But if no one in your community sculpted, you're probably learning on your own kind of thing. Yeah, and that's that's definitely kind of how it's felt for myself anyways, right? It's kind of a learn-as-you-go uh, there are some people in the community that you can bounce ideas also of and learn a little bit here and there. But realistically, like um, it really comes down to are you are you doing it? Are you are you hands on getting that experience? Because it's it's not something that you can just kind of willingly jump into. Um, it can be very rewarding if it works out for you, but. Uh, you know, it, it's it definitely has a learning curve to it. Myself, I know starting out, I'm easy peasy gap filling, no problem. Making tentacles or like ribbed under armor uh, for Marines, for example, not bad yeah. to do. Like fairly straightforward stuff. Uh, I have started to try my hand at uh, sculpting hair and a little bit of different um, like facial hair, just extra details here and there. Uh, a little bit tougher for sure. And then there's guys who are going full armature, custom created model, ready to go. And then the the amazing part is these models can be scanned and now printed, which is just, it, it blows me away with the way the technology is going. Um, but that it's, it's, it is a question that I kind of often wonder, like, is it, is it something like, have we lost almost that, um, that old school, like sense of touch? with the modeling and just that that old school mentality of um you know i was able to create this custom thing and it came from like my hands like by my hand i made this <laughs> right as you're holding up this awesome model like ah, just 
it, it's it's something that um that I, that I wonder about and uh I I do feel that both aspects are very important to the modeling community to the hobbyists itself and mm. perhaps they do you know um, mirror or they, they marry to become this ultimate tool where if you can sculpt and you know people who can print uh, or that are blender masters like sky is the actual limit it's just it's it, it's weird it almost feels like it feels like there's just there's something there's something that I don't know keeps always pulling me back in with just that simple sculpting um but that might just be a personal preference thing um yeah no it's uh it's definitely there's a lot of sense of accomplishment when you hand sculpt something and you can it turns out great and you show it off kind of the other way too like digital kit bashing is a huge thing too um like in my instance, like my Armanius Valfax for my Astral Claws, and even my left uh, Huron model, that's all digitally kitbashed. And I would never be able to do that with uh, just random various bits laying around or uh, even just green sculpting, <laughs> green sculpting stuff for him. But uh, a lot of his stuff, a lot of the, like, the minor details I ended up uh, and, uh, well, digitally sculpting myself or on him. But most of it was digitally kitbashed. But even printing, I was like, damn okay yeah i made this no that's always cool for sure i guess you, you kind of touched on something too that is i find interesting as well um just because there are uh there are, are pros to both like uh being a non-3d printer just I, I don't have the space or the um the facilities to actually do that uh in safety <laughs> anyways with proper yeah. ventilation uh like my bits box, a bits box is something that, you know, a lot of these um, old school players have that is, it is deep. You've got kits from hundreds of kits and just a mishmash of just pieces. Uh, if you're like me and you hate toting around garbage bags full of sprues, you usually go through everything, you get it all organized. And it becomes this like treasure trove of just stuff that you can use, right? As it you're creating, doesn't get any smaller either. It never does. No, uh, you you can always like even give people bits and just like go to like the swaps and kind of just uh, get into the thick of it and like sell, trade, whatever you want to do. But the pile definitely doesn't get any smaller. It seems to grow with every passing mm -hmm. year. And you seem to be getting a fair amount of extra bits in GW kits these days now, too. You do. Like the new scout box you, we were going through. And it's like, oh, this is all my extra stuff I got in it. And it's like, that's cool. Yeah. If you ever use it. Otherwise, it's just going to sit in your treasure trove. It, it is true. I, I think back in the day, having the bits box was more of a necessity. Um, considering, like, conversions were... At an all-time high, you could make something totally custom and unique to yourself. The way that, uh, I'll, I'll use 40K as an example, has been going. Um, they've taken what seems the the artistic, I guess, liberties of converting away in the sense where, like, this is what your model has. He doesn't need anything extra. It's just if it's not on the data slate, it really doesn't matter. Uh, so I, I know there's that 
uh, rule before cool and other people like, you know, back in the day, converting your own characters and units and stuff were really fun. Uh, especially if there wasn't a model that was actually in production to represent what you wanted. Uh, converting was a really great way to do that. But nowadays it, it just seems like you just buy the models as is. That's the function they perform. There's not really a need to do the converting. And I, I think that's maybe Games Workshop trying to just simplify the whole experience for newer players coming in. Um, and yeah, I was going to say it's the ease of access. Yeah, ease of access for sure. Um, but it, it's interesting too because on the flip side, yourself, like we, we were even talking before the cast, you're like, I don't need a bits box. Like, yeah. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And I was just like thinking like how alien that concept sounds to me but also like how liberating it would be just to be like i don't need this shit and dump yeah, like, like two decades worth of bits out into the garbage and be like fucking bye or you make a huge uh, vat of sprue glue yeah yeah i could do that too but uh uh yeah because i've had people try to trade me bits for like little tiny like icons icon prints and whatnot and i'm like i don't need i don't need any bits but printing little <laughs> icons is like next to no effort so i'll just just take them please take them yeah uh, even uh part of my gripe too is like because i started in second edition too and then kind of quit and took a over decade break and got in got back in at the start of ninth edition for 40k yeah and back in the day gw had their uh bits warehouse site where you could just, they had their entire catalog up there, and you could just order whatever bit you wanted. I remember doing a huge custom convert for uh, my back Black Templar army, ordering all sorts of crazy bits, and it, it was actually like pretty decently priced to get it all, but ended up taking that away. Um, so that's GW's gatekeeping us for the converting. Because now you got, <laughs> if you're looking for a specific bit, like, uh, it's kind of, unless you have access to a printer and you're, uh, or you have like a pretty big community to pick from, it's pretty hard to find specific bits, um, unless you're paying eBay prices, which is probably way overpriced to begin with. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. But it's, uh. The other, the other problem, too, is sometimes bits just aren't available. Like, if you look at uh, Horse Heresy, yep. <laughs> how long have we been, like, just waiting for uh, chain swords and bolt pistols? Uh, other than paying for... No one's paying $25 for five Forge World uh, no. sword, uh, pistols and swords, right? No, that's true. That is true. Uh, most people... I, I remember back when that first kind of was previewed, a lot of people were looking for the old uh, assault marines. So they could just yeah. steal the pull, pull pistols, close combat weapons, and just call it good from there. It, it, it's it's definitely interesting. And yeah, the bits aren't always plentiful. Um, I think that's definitely hit the nail on the head, um, especially with the kits. And even hybrid, like if you're going into hybrid models where you're trying to uh, attach plastic to resin or even the old, old school hybrid shit when you're going for pewter and plastic yeah. together. Like that was atrocious as well. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the long time gamers have had to put up with some 
pretty gnarly shit. And I won't lie though, like I do see the ease of access with 3D printing. Like myself, I, I have ordered and received many a bits from yourself, and uh, they go together nicely. There's there. I think the part that I like about 3D printing is that it's custom to the specs of like what I'm actually wanting. And, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, can you 3D print me these barrels for the Dark Lances, for instance? And I want a one mil hole, three mil deep, so I can pin them. And yeah, like, yeah no problem. And it's just like on your computer and it's like, here you go, check this out. And I was like, wow, like that's fucking amazing. Yeah, and you're not, you're not screwing up like and gouging it, drilling to the side or whatever and yeah. messing up your uh, pin mount. Yeah. That, I was going to ask, that ask like. you a question. If you didn't have access to printing, how would you have converted your uh, executioner's war pig? Oh God, I honestly don't know. Um, I probably would have tried to use and track down either through bits <laughs> or <laughs> alternative uh, third parties to try and find um, like MK2B um, Land Raider pieces. I think would have been the closest thing to that, um, yeah. the shape, but it would have been atrocious. Like I would have been looking for in we search like of flamestorm cannons and yeah. I'm in search We're of all this other shit. And trying to carve off a Terminator heavy flamer to mount it onto like a little. Yeah. Uh, it would have been ugly. It would have been a long road to fit into the, into the kit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, it would definitely be a hard, a hard go. Um, there are some people out there who are just wizards with the uh, plastic card. Uh, Luke Ash comes to mind as soon as I think about that because the guy is making not only is he sculpting bits, he is like doing press molds. He's custom making um, armor plates and everything like out of plastic card and doing full conversion jobs. And it's it's married sometimes with three D printed bits and the stuff that you can come up with is honestly it's amazing. Um, yeah. It, it is quite wild. I just, yeah, there's times where I kind of go continue doing my thing and I'm tinkering with my little sculpting tools, right? And I, you know, buy a couple sets of these little silicone tools and I'm hitting, you know, the little edge with Vaseline so I can smooth out green stuff notches and stuff. And I'm like, man, yeah. like this is just, there's a part of this that feels therapeutic, like I'm painting and it feels really nice to do. And I don't know. I just, I, I don't know if that's, if that's just me being sentimental or just being maybe old, right? Just looking well, at the the, I, the early days of like, oh, this is like this brings you back, and now you know yeah, I'm not I, getting frustrated. I'm actually doing well. I picture you like I show up with a big bag of bits for you. You spread them out, and you're like, stupid dust. And back in my day, we had to spend three hours hand sculpting every one of these and he just pops it in a printer and it's out in 30 minutes. <laughs> not, not, not far from the truth. Um, not that I think you're, uh, silly or anything. No, it just, it's just, it's, it's just, um, yeah, there are, there are times I was even talking about this, uh, with Arthur and I was like, you know, um, just even some of the stuff that like Aiden's making, as well with his characters. And I was like, you know, it must be nice just to print out this shit and never have to have gone, you know, through this like sculpting bullshit and trying to get muscles or trying to sculpt like plate armor onto your empire general or anything like that. Like it's just, it's changed. And I, that does make me sound salty and crusty. 
which is not the intent here. It's just um, the intent was to see if there's something that we lost along the way. But at the same time, like, I think I if you, think so. I think if you embrace both and you marry it, like marry 3d printing skill set with the ability to sculpt and everything, which I would still recommend everybody try at some point. Yeah. Um, try to, you know, sculpt some stuff. It is harder uh, than you think. Um, at least to get a get, I guess, a feel for where it came from. Um, and I, I'd probably be just as bad trying to do it on the computer, to be honest. Before you ruin a model by sticking green stuff on it, try uh, modeling some like something for bases. That's mm-hmm. a good way to get practice on it. Yeah, it's, that's true. Like if it's something, uh, like a lot of people just enjoy doing it too, right? Like I enjoy the digital kit bashing of a lot. I like creating uh, unique designs that is probably one-on-one. You won't ever see it because I generally don't... Oh, I can't release my stuff on the internet because it's all a bunch of paid files all mishmashed together into my own thing, but... Yeah. Yeah, bases are definitely a good spot to start or at least just even hone skill sets. Uh, Myself, with my Jakari... A uh, bit of a sponge for punishment. I mixed a shit ton of, and like a shit ton of milliput. Uh, rolled it all out nice and flat. Got it to the point where it's probably, you know, an eighth thick. And I used a green stuff roller, which if you're not familiar with that, it's basically an etched clear acrylic roller that as you roll it along like your rolling pin into the green stuff, milliput mix, whatever you're using, it, dep- it, depresses into it and you get all this nice design and it's all Eldar kind of rune craft world uh, looking stuff which then you know you let it dry for a couple days gets all nice and hard and I shattered it all basically threw it on my bases as like a ruined craft world Uh, used some texture and pumice and kind of mixed it all in and like again that part's really fun Um, took a long time and a part of me is a little envious being able to see guys like, hey, check this out. I did all this custom base work and, you know, the 3D printer just le- legit goes burr. And uh, yeah. <laughs> he's just gluing it these toppers onto his 28 mil bases or even 32 mil bases for Marines. And it's like, holy fuck, man. Like, Yeah, it took half what, a day. Yeah, what took me like, you know, three or four days of pissing around is like this guy does it in an afternoon and i'm just like wow just hmm. <laughs> i think that's the the biggest thing about it is uh the printing is just a huge time saver um it's kind of like uh if you want to compare it to uh, speed painting i guess with contrasts and whatnot yeah. instead of doing a base layer and uh highlighting you can just slap speed paint on it and just compare that to printing it's one way to look at it it's true. Yeah, I guess that uh, technology some... got better and we got more tools now. Yeah, that's got some play for sure. For sure. Um, I'd, I'd probably be more inclined if I had the space to do it. Um, I'd probably like my whole like tone around 3D printing would probably be different. Because like right now I just see it's um, for me, it's not a feasible thing. Like it's out of touch, but obviously, with having hobby friends uh, such as yourself, Dustin, it, it's always nice because I can 
always kind of be like, hey, this is kind of what's in my brain, so what's floating, and you're yeah. like, check this out, and you just send me a shit ton of pictures, and I'm like, wow, like, this just, the accessibility blows me away. It is, I do get, uh, like, a sense of pride of, like, doing up that custom stuff for people. I'm like, oh, this is so amazing, that's awesome, the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's great, and I'm just happy with the prints, and then uh, even just them, them showing it off and painting it as the the dopamine I hit I get from uh, from printing. Oh, very fair, very fair for sure. And I I think regardless of how you're you're creating, be it physically or digitally, I think that there's there there always will be that sense of pride, regardless. Um, which is say, which is yeah. nice. Printing is not just like you set up the box and print or go burr kind of thing. It is a hobby in itself and it does have a huge learning curve to like get it down. So there is a lot of uh, trial and error, I guess, to kind of get to that point. And well, like once you really get into it and start uh, printing for other people too, kind of it does become its its own side hobby or kind of takes over your painting hobby as well. That I could see. Then you see guys um, like, you know, Artisans of Ball, even uh, Battle Bling, right? There's these companies coming out and artists that that's like their whole world. And they add such a such another layer of flavor for armies in multiple different systems. Uh, it, it, it's kind of wild to see where are we going to be hobby wise in the next 10 years? Uh, it's going to be crazy, um, especially with because the 3D scanning uh, uh, breakthroughs and technology just keep going, just keep going up. And uh, I think in 10 years, 3D scanning is going to be like a very accessible, easy thing. And I'm wondering, GW is going to have to start, is <laughs> going to have to figure out something or they're going to be in real big trouble. Well, actually, all miniature companies will probably be in trouble with the 3D scanning with how it's going. Either they end up having to... I I don't even know what they could do. It's I don't know. It's kind of wild. Like I don't I don't know if, as a miniatures company, if they would ever try to get into STLs, or some sort of subscription based STLs where you get access to a bunch of stuff. Um, I know that they are certainly helping three D printers thrive, and I'll explain why. Um, the old world. If you wanted to ever have people flock to 3D printing and like rely on that fully, do what GW has done with the old world. Is basically you came up with the rules, uh, rule set. You have these groups of models. Uh, majority of them are pretty much like straight up from the 90s. And Everybody wants to buy in for Tomb Kings and Bretonians because that's all that's available right now. Nothing is online available. Uh, you're trying to find any of the remaining factions for the old world. There's nothing online. And here comes all these different files for dwarves and orcs and goblins, beastmen, chaos warriors, like insane amount of models from a ton of different artists online and companies 
and people are just like hand over fist printing out armies getting stuff ready to go i was at a old world event on the weekend there and there was a few 3d printed armies and the models were fantastic like because everything's been scaled up a little bit as well on base sizing and yeah like it's one guy's like i'm gonna print my third old world army because there's like i'm a staunch gw guy but there's i can't buy anything yeah nothing available for me to buy yeah that's uh gw seemed to have a problem with that like titanicus is like that um i had to actually i ended up having to print all my warlord titans because i just couldn't get them and uh I didn't want to pay Forge World. Well, actually, all the Forge World weapons are out of out of stock too. So I ended up digital digital kit bashing my own uh, uh, shoulder weapons for yeah. a few of my warlords and super. How those turned out turned out amazing. And uh, but just the availability of them and like the cost of converting is super can get expensive too. Oh, it can for sure. Like I don't mind. I don't mind buying good. GW sculpts, but um, I'm not gonna pay sixty dollars for uh, like for my Seraphon army, like a twenty year old uh, sculpt of Skink's <laughs> Skink box. Uh, pay uh, what are they at sixty bucks now? And the price the price of sculpts just keep going up too. So it's kind of like it's yeah, it's. It is a thing, uh, especially as some of the pricing is a little bit, we'll just say out there um, with these kits, especially some of these new ones that are, or in old world's case, some of the old kits that are coming out. Uh, it's old kits, but new prices and yeah. they're not friendly uh, to con- to the consumer. It, it's just wild. Like it's, I don't know, there's, there's a, a certain point where, I think you're going to hit this saturation point with physical models um, mm-hmm. being plastically produced, injection molds, everything else. But there's a saturation point that you're going to hit, and it's going to either stay on this like balancing act, or it's going to tip over where it just they just stop, and they just kind of almost turn into like a rules release company, and that's kind of about it, which would probably be disastrous. Um, yeah, you know, you look at some of these other systems, I'll use ninth age as an example. Um, they have nothing, no ties to any modeling company at all. They don't really give a shit about any of that. It's all fan made rule set, but the rules are good, but they're not used to essentially strong arm hobbyists to buy that kit. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of, that's kind of what GW does. It's, you know, they do push certain data slates in their games or war scrolls in their game yep. um, to, you know, sell the kits, obviously. I, I, I like the idea of them having more of a balanced approach where maybe they didn't do that, but at the same time, I understand, like, if they don't do that, well, now they're not actually making money, and if they're not making money, they're not making a game. True. So it's, it, it, it's a weird double-edged sword, so... Like, I really like the 3D printing. I hope it sticks around. I hope things are nice for it. I still want there to be physical stuff. I, I still think there's a almost like a simplistic way to do it and really enjoy that aspect. But it, it's, yeah, what the hobby's going to look like in the next 10 years is yeah, anyone's it's going to be buck wild. Anyone's guess. Just, uh, just technology getting better in that sense. 
I almost wonder if one day it'll get to the point where you're playing a like a hollow table version of TTS. Um, oh, that'd be so cool. So, you know, here's my army, boom, boom, boom. It's all on there. Everyone's got like a pad almost as they're playing. Oh, and they just, and that's they just how they get around. The pad and they move it up, right? And you watch your units that are painted whatever you want them to be because digital and they're like moving in real time. Yeah, and then they GW, uh, you pay a subscription to get access to certain units and got to pay to uh, get your uh, data slate updates. That's <laughs> one way yeah. they could do it, I guess. Yeah, it, it's just it's physical wild. part. But I, yeah, who knows where they go? It'd be a cool concept, but. Yeah, well, it, it sounds like, you know, it's a cool concept, but like I feel like we're almost there with that technology already. Where you're able to, like, in a short period of time, we might actually be looking at that. Yeah, you could probably do it with like uh, VR headsets fairly easily oh, now. Wild. That would be wild. It's just it, it is a thing. It is a thing. So I guess a question um, for the listeners as well, and I'd love to read your responses in the comment section. Um, do you feel? What do you feel is the biggest benefit to yourself regarding 3D printing as a hobby tool? Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm interested to like hear everyone's perspectives on that because I have an answer for that myself, and I imagine you do too, Dustin. And I'll, I'll put you on yep. the spot so you can go first. What is the the biggest? I guess your your favorite aspect of having this as a tool. Uh, just being able to, uh, I guess, have access to anything I want at any time. Um, if I'm looking for a specific bit and it's, if even if I'm ordering it online, it's coming from Europe or something like that, it's going to take weeks to get here. I throw it in a printer, I'm, I have it within that day. Um, even just, even bits that don't exist like for heresy like trying to keep everything um i guess mk3 to mk3 chain swords kind of thing keep it all so keep all the lore nerds happy <laughs> yeah yeah the rivet counters the bolt counters yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah no the big thing for me is just opening that door of access and being able to get everybody um able to get all the bits they wanted kind of thing and uh just uh it's not really like to circumvent gw and hurt gw it's just make this stuff available yeah yeah absolutely because even like you look at imperialis for example just uh i think someone calculated out if you bought every box to make a uh, full action full army you're probably looking at two to three grand of just imperialis stuff which is there's wild. yeah the point cost of models are so low but you only get like three tanks a box and you're probably fielding like probably 15 18 tanks of just one specific type because they're only like 50 75 points a piece and it's a 3000 point army yeah and you're dropping probably 60 to 70 bucks per box yeah like is 60 bucks for uh three small little tanks like the the kits are super detailed and I feel like they might be a little bit over detailed because nobody's 
uh, well, painting that 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 small of a detail is kind of the <laughs> who's who's going to notice that from the, standing at the table tabletop, I guess. Yeah. No, that's fair. But in a printer, I can pound out an Imperialis or Epic Army in a weekend. Yeah. Yeah, at the cost of like a bottle or two of resin. Yeah, right. which is. It's crazy. But yeah, no, that's my big things about printing. It's just just giving me that ease of access and uh, access to stuff that isn't normally available. Not very fair. Uh, for myself, I think my number one in regards to 3D printing would be the similar vein is the accessibility to custom bits. Uh, I'm not looking through a bunch of kits knowing that only the Devastator squad had that left-handed power fist where everyone else was on the right hand, right? It's I, I yeah. can just be like, hey, uh, this is the power fist I really want. Can you mirror it and kind of add this power cable but cut it off at the elbow so I can stick it on there? Like, I remember talking with uh, Chris and, you know, getting my Terminator captain kind of done up with a, a relic power fist. And I was like, hey, uh, this is how I want it to look. This is kind of where I need to get cut off. And it was like to, like to the exact millimeter of what I asked for. He's like, here you go, man, check this out. And it like just plug and played onto my model as if it legit was made. Yeah. And how many times have you like tried to saw saw through a model and just mangled it completely and you're like well shit yeah fucked it or you know you, you're just off just enough when you're trying to pin where now it kind of looks like a fucked up angle now yeah. you've got to break out green stuff and fill it and there has been many frustrating times um that's so. the that's the huge the best benefit of digital kit bashing is there's an undo button yeah I guess it's, yeah, essentially it's like a time machine. You can really save your time and energy and dollars uh, if you want to put up that initial investment. And realistically, like, it, it is beneficial. I, I do see that. I do see that. So that's, yeah. It's, um, it's, such, a, it's such a cool dynamic to see in the hobby now. Uh, whereas, you know, 10, 15 years ago, wouldn't have been a thing. No, because I've had, thing. I've had some crazy, I've tried doing some crazy conversions back in the day. Like I have, uh, uh, the old, uh, demon prince, chaos demon prince, the old yeah. pewter one. And I was going to iron warriors him up. So I ended up buying, uh, the old pewter Gazgol one. Oh I, Yeah. Did the first uh, gave him his, uh, I guess, the mech boy suit, his his first glow up. Yeah, ended up buying him, and uh, and I bought another. I bought a kill a can as well, and I just ended up sawing all those up and just trying to green stuff and stick it all on there and like replace the demon prince arm with Gasgol's claw. And I was trying to have like a servo arm coming out of the back, and ended up taking a. I was trying to give him. Uh, metallic wings so my conversion idea was I'm going to cut up a pop can and just line it on these uh, I got this I, I think I used a, a coat hanger 
<laughs> for the, the 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 base of my wing and sliced up these pop cans to make it the like this huge metallic wing i ended up mangling my fingers a lot <laughs> but uh it was at the end and then to kind of piece everything together i just mashed green stuff onto the joints stuck the robotic bits on there and then just used guitar string to kind of hide it all together and kind of show that uh, the cables and whatnot but uh it turned out it actually didn't turn out very well <laughs> at all and it I ended up mangling the Killican and Gaskull's models at both. So between the Demon Prince, Gaskull, and the Killican, it was probably like a $120 model, like way back in the day, which is fairly expensive that I never ended up using. <laughs> yeah, I can see I can see how that would create a little bit of heartbreak for sure. Uh, I, I do remember some early conversion um, attempts myself, getting some stuff kind of uh, together and it either worked out okay or just it didn't. Um, one thing that I do, I, I will say, uh, anybody who is running Thunderfire cannons, that ability to just have them printed out versus buying this pewter piece of crap <laughs> that you had to sit and file no. for like three hours for it just to fit together. And then try to like you know cover up the seam, um, yeah. You'll never you'll never know, and you don't want to know, but you'll never know that yeah. nightmare. Um, it, it's just yeah, it, it's interesting. I guess three D printing really is. I don't want to say an easy button, but comparing to uh, making like your own sculpts and your own molds and trying to like you know do all this custom work, which you still can. It's a totally valid thing. The 3D printing definitely definitely has the allure of um, just speed, uh, accessibility, uh, not to mention and getting, networking. Yeah, and getting exactly what you want, too. Yeah, it's just, yeah, and not to mention scaling up, too. That's also another thing with uh, 3D printing. Like, you see a lot of guys online that are still trying to sculpt and convert. And, hey, I did my true scale. I used Cataphract Terminator legs on my Marine to make them true scale, or I cut the, you know, I cut the, um, the thighs or stretched out the, the calf sections a little bit more, the greaves, right. To kind of make my guy a little taller. And I added that little bit of green stuff in between the torso and the legs. And it's just like, now it's like, oh, I'm just going to scale that up to like 130%. And there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And it Alex doesn't look awkward, the... right? Like it looks legit. Yeah, it, it does look legit. Alex was talking about converting his Asterian model to Primaris for his Minotaur's army. And he was like, yeah, I can just cut off uh, the leg bits here and stick in the molds and uh, do this. And I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's going to take you forever. And if you screw up, that model's ruined. No, you're not wrong. Did you end up showing him a 3D digital version of a true scale? model yet or no uh i have not that's a <laughs> secret work in progress so yeah. pause if you're listening <laughs> mute if you're listening Alex. yeah oh awesome that's awesome it's yeah it it's an interesting it's an interesting thing i i definitely i still find myself liking the old school methods i just um it, it's hard to deny that the new technology is 
is better in a lot of ways. Uh, the only big thing for me is, uh, again, it's that uh, having a space just due to some of the processes, right? Off-gassing and having a cure station and everything else where I can just kind of roll out with my humble little pack of green stuff here and tittle, yeah. tittle on the, you know, kitchen table, green stuff and mold shit like beside my kids and whatever, right? Like I, I know they're not in danger from what I'm doing, um, but at the same time, like you can only achieve, at least myself, I can only achieve a certain level of modeling with that and uh you know being able to complement this skill set that i have um which i am thankful for because not everyone can do that uh i can marry it with this new technology of 3d printing and the wizardry that you can come up with dustin like it's feel it feels like you're like unstoppable you know t-rex with the long finger arms right it's just like wow this is so cool like it's just yeah it's 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 going to be interesting. I think the future is bright. I I don't think there should be a divide between the two different styles. Um, I think both should embrace what the other can give them. Um, oh, yeah. No, I just, agree yeah, completely. It, it is interesting, though, just the way, the way it's perceived, right? Like, there are some circles that you still see the... 3D printing is a little faux pas or recasters are like, ooh, no. But I don't know, man. Like, it's just, again, like, the way that the accessibility, the dollar value that you're getting for these kits, it starts to kind of make it like, well, is it really that big of a thing? Even with some of the Forge World kits, too, like, you can see that they're 3D printed. Yeah. Some of them very clearly very clearly and I'll, I'll use the adeptus titanicus um knights to be the benefit they had layer lines yep you could tell it was 3d printed right so it's but then they're slapping these like obscene dollar values onto these things and you're like well i know like my buddy could 3d print this for me for like five dollars yeah, the the funny thing is, is like when GW does a model preview, they're usually all their, uh, I guess, prototyping is done in three is three uh, D modeled and printed, yeah. like that before they actually make their injection molds or casts for them. It's just crazy. It's just crazy the way, the way it goes. I think, I think if they wanted to get ahead of you know the recasting and three D printing and everything else, I think if they designed STLs. Still did physical stuff, but almost just just priced it differently. Like just made it a lot yeah. cheaper. People will, myself included, I'll always go for plastic over resin if the options are the same. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, there's a lot of, uh, uh, well, like I said, trial and error with printing, and things can either go sideways very quickly. Like printing a uh, like a huge model like a tank, if that screws up, like you're out hours of time. There's gonna be you're out lots of resin as well, um, and then just uh, do you really want to commit that? Like printing, I printed my Astraeus, and I'll probably never print another one again because that was just super stressful, and that was like three days of printing and hoping nothing screwed up. Yeah, although it does look nice on the table. Yeah, but if GW did go that way where they were 
they had a uh, subscription plan or uh, access to STLs, that I would be broke. That'd be it. I think that'd be it for a lot of people, though. I do like if the if the kid is like very nice. I will. I have no issues. I definitely like working with plastic a lot better than resin. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of my take too. I don't want to buy a a twenty year old sculpt or a ten year old sculpt. Uh, I will buy new sculpts that are coming out or fairly newish, and I have no problem paying those prices. But when all the prices are going up on decade old sculpts it's kind of like uh, no i'm okay yeah it's hard to it's a hard pill to swallow on some of that stuff for sure so it's just yeah for sure for sure well it's pretty solid i i I definitely would would recommend um exploring both both sides of that uh opposite ends of the spectrum if you haven't before, um, definitely reach out to, you know, friends that can help you sculpt or teach you. It is a rewarding thing if you're just getting into the 3D printing game. You can definitely, uh, you know, learn a lot from these community sites as well. Um, I do fondly look back at some of the early days of, like, the modeling and stuff like that. But uh, it does have a tinge of frustration that follows <laughs> after that yeah, just yeah. because you're like you know i saw all this cool shit none of it was like possible unless you were like knee deep in bits and or you knew how to sculpt and do all this crazy stuff and i was like you know yeah. you guys really just made it so hard to get to that point um it, it is interesting though like how that nostalgic feeling just hits when you're looking at these old school um pictures of uh, white dwarf it's uh i just yeah it's funny it is funny um i guess just before we kind of close um i did want to give a big shout out uh to our uh patrons uh it is 2024 we are rolling uh year four of our podcast our channel uh we still have our patrons jumping on here it's awesome to see the the support uh, it, and honestly, it is, it's quite nice to, uh, to see these people who are supporting us. So big thanks, uh, to Tyler and Chris and Dustin and Frederick, um, without your support, it would be a lot harder to do what we do. So I just want to give everybody a big shout and a thanks and all of our listeners who are, um, continuing to listen on with us, uh, stay tuned. We have a lot of exciting plans on really trying to step up our, social media game our youtube game uh it, it's going to be something where i think you'll want to watch the content coming out uh, and we're going to be basing a lot of the stuff we do um dependent on your feedback as well we want to show and provide content that you want to see uh so comments uh highly drive that process for us and we do appreciate all the uh, interactions that we get on all of our social posts. So please keep that up. Uh, we are super pumped that we've got Baron of Dice on now. Uh, we're still affiliated with uh, Battle Bling as a sponsor. Um, you know, we're still rocking out our monument hobbies, pro acrylic paint, uh, some of the best paints like in the game, honestly. Uh, and we have discount codes, everything on our link tree. So definitely please check that out. 
and yeah, just stay tuned. We have lots of events, lots of different um, podcast discussion uh, topics to go on. Uh, there's going to be some like model masterclass um, videos coming, painting tutorials, all sorts of stuff. Um, so a lot of exciting things on the go. Uh, the podcast, obviously, as, as everyone knows, it's slowed down a little bit. just gives us more time to put out other content, though. And this is an episode that I really I was pondering on for a little bit of, like, what's the best way to kind of talk about this new school, old school, just modeling and sculpting and printing um, itself. So it, it was nice to be able to sit down and sit down with Dustin. Also, thanks for jumping on just because you are, you know, um, the 3D printing dude that I most rely on and talk with about a lot of this stuff. So it was nice to have that perspective. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah. Uh, we will definitely um, keep pumping out content, keep doing what we're doing. Catch you later. Bye. Did you plug the Patreon? We need to plug the Patreon.